Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Hey guys, this is Liz Candace. This is Nikki Collins. What up guys, this is Ethan Carson. Hey, this is Imani Lee Stafford. Hey, this is Jordan Canada. This is Asia Wilson. Welcome to the WNBA Nation. WNBA Nation, hello again. It is a special day because it always is when you get to join us here on the show. We are still in the deep of free agency. We have a lot to take control of that. Uh, but also we just have a lot to discuss and we've got some good questions from our Twitch love. Just a lot to dive into today. I'm Steve Schwartzman. I'm here with Jason Snow. Jason, how are you? I am doing fantastic. Not in small part because the first thing I ate today was a Honeycrisp apple, Steve. The very first thing I ate yeah. today. Yeah. See, uh, that's a, you had a Honeycrisp. <laughs> I had a Granny Smith. Um, at some point I had a banana too, but that's nothing. Yeah. I mean, bananas are fine, but it's like, you know, who needs to get too into the weeds there? But yeah, that's, it's funny. It's funny that you mentioned that. It's not to anyone who was in the live chat, but it's funny <laughs> that you mentioned that here on the podcast because we, we just might be digging a little bit more into that, but we do have a lot to, to dive on into. Jason, if you don't mind, before we dive into the nitty gritty of this episode, do you want to give our fans, listeners, subscribers, com- or I don't know, uh, compatriots, I have no other. Th- I need to pull up a thesaurus, but would you like to give everyone a quick rundown as to where they can find our program? Yeah, if you want to connect with our show, there are many things you can do. First and foremost, make sure you're subscribed on whatever podcast platform you use. And if that happens to be Apple Podcasts, go ahead and leave us a five star review. Uh, if you write out a five star review, we will read it live on the show, give you a shout out. Uh, it's a little little bit of a appreciation that we can show for, for you taking the time to do that. Uh, in addition, if you want to watch us record the show live, that happens over on twitch.tv slash WNBA Nation. Uh, we record on Monday and Wednesday nights. Usually uh, watch our Twitter and in the off chance we're having technical issues or things like that. But generally speaking, Monday and Wednesday nights, you can find that there at twitch.tv slash WNBA Nation. If you want to talk to us more directly, you can always shoot us a message, either tag us or DM us over at uh, on Twitter at WNBA Nation Pod. You can also find us on Facebook, but we're a little bit less active there. So I'd recommend Twitter as a first resort when it comes to the social medias. Uh, if you want some merch, you can hit that at WNBANation.storeNV.com. Uh, and I don't think I'm missing anything else. Uh, we appreciate it. Uh, when you head over to Twitch, the one thing I'll say is 
definitely, no matter what, give us a follow that that'll remind you when, or that'll send you a notification when we start streaming, stuff like that. Uh, and if you either have an Amazon Prime subscription or if you feel like supporting the show monetarily, uh, go ahead and hit, give us a subscribe that helps, uh, pay the bills of the show, all the, the software and editing and stuff that we do and some of the live coverage that we're going to be doing here in the next coming year as, as we're able to, uh, to get out to stuff like the March Madness and the All-Star Game and stuff like that. Uh, it, a lot of that comes from that and we really appreciate that support. And, uh, so yeah, go ahead and give us a subscribe if you want to continue to support those efforts. Uh, did I miss anything, Steve? Not that I'm aware of. I think you covered it pretty soundly. So good stuff. So let's get into this. So originally the plan for the episode today was we were going to do another weekly Q and a, uh, thanks, uh, with questions provided by our fantastic chat fam over on the Twitch. As always, as Jason said, check us out live on, on Twitch. Our live streams are always a good time and, uh, you'll get some fun content to go along with it. But, uh, Something happened in the pre-record on the live stream and it kind of changed the trajectory of this episode in such a big way. And I can't express to you, if you're hearing this for the first time, what a monumentous and I would say historically significant moment this is for us. Because uh Jason and I spent about 15 minutes before record talking about apples and uh it it really... I feel Jason, you can, you can disagree or agree. I feel like we got to know each other better as, as humans <laughs> through that yeah. discussion. Like it really enriched my internal knowledge of you as a person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it's one of those things that when you have so many options, what you choose actually says a lot about you. It's one of the main reasons that when you're getting to know somebody, you should be like, what type of movies do you like? Or what type of music do you listen to? Because when you have a wide variety of options, what choices you make actually says a lot about who you are. Uh, and I think apples in a very poetic sense are, are that in, in a very, in a very profound way that you can tell the way somebody is. Do they like something overly sweet? Do they like it more balanced? Are they more of a tart person? They're not really into sweets. Uh, you know, and, and I feel like you can deduce a good amount. Like if I was Sherlock Holmes, I'd probably be able to tell like how your relationship with your mom was based off your apple choice. Like I just feel like that's something yes. that would be plausible. Uh, so yeah, it, it was, it was a good conversation. Yeah. I think it really gave us a, a good understanding. I think just, I, I've always been an apple guy, like a fruit produce guy. I think that's the Southern California in us, by the way. I was, th- cause there's just, <laughs> when you grow up with uh, just a lot of access to like, like we had as many like rolling fruit stands as we did ice cream trucks where yeah. I grew up. And so you just you get into fruit. And so. I grew up a big fan of fruit, especially a big fan of, of different apples. I love trying new ones. And it just turned into an interesting discussion where we were able to really dive into that. And um, it, you brought up an idea that I think couples with the Q&A well. So uh, we'll be hitting Q&A uh, each quarter of the way into this discussion. So we'll have a few good questions to hit. But what we're going to do, Jason, in fact, I'm going to have you introduce uh, kind of tell us how, where you, to introduce this and tell us kind of where your mind frame was behind it. Cause I don't want to take credit for what I think is possibly the most important idea we've ever had in the history of this, <laughs> the show. Well, well, uh, I'm, I'm humbled and honored that, uh, that you would feel so strongly about this idea. <laughs> I, I, I will say, so essentially what we're going to do is we are going to go through each of the 12 WNBA franchises, uh, and pick which Apple they are. Uh, just like we were saying that you can tell a lot of person about, by, about, about a person by their Apple selection. 
Uh, we feel like this is a good chance to be able to describe core aspects of each franchise based on their relationship to a particular Apple. Uh, and this is also helpful because core one of the aspects. things we like to do is we like to help people get into the league. And apples are pretty relatable, which means that if you're new to the league, if you're saying like, hey, I kind of want to try this out. Uh, I know that that March Madness is coming up, followed by the draft. And I just start I want to start getting into women's sports. Uh, this is a good way for you to get a, a, a base of, you know, maybe which franchise you want to support uh, based Absolutely. off of your own Apple preferences. Uh, and, and I think that hopefully this will be an illuminating conversation and at the very least an entertaining one. So hopefully y'all are, are going to enjoy this. Yes, absolutely. Um, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna allow you to let that core reference go unnoticed. That was fantastic. <laughs> core aspects. Um, big fan. Yeah. So, so we're not necessarily gonna be that one too. Yep. <laughs> yeah, we're not not necessarily gonna be ranking or seeding these, uh, but we uh, we will have them. We'll, you know, we'll be kind of going through. So yeah, it's the idea. I call it the Great Apple Draft. Uh, we'll pick a team, and then each of us will determine. You know, if that team. In its essence, we're an apple, a type of apple. What necessarily uh, would it be and why? Um, so that's really the base of it. So typically when we've done lists or rankings or predictions and we, we do something that we attribute to every team, we often will pick alphabetical or we'll pick, you know, reverse alphabetical mm-hmm. or just of that. I'm going to do something different. And if you have the, the list of teams on the WNBA website in front of you while you're listening to this, you can technically follow along as I do this. I'm going to go down each column as I do it, but I've got a special way, kind of an eeny, meeny, miny, mo version that's going to land on what our teams are and when. What I'm going to do is I'm going to start right now with Atlanta, and then I'm going to spell Apple. When I get to the end of the word Apple, what team I've landed on is where we're going to go, and we're just (laughs) going to do this in succession until we've gone through all of them. I've got a checklist, so... Honestly, I'm just going to spell Apple and then I'll tell you what team it is because it's, you know, we don't necessarily. But if you want to follow along just for the fun of it, go for it. So starting with later, I'm going A-P-P-L-E. Our first team, wouldn't you know it, is the Chicago Sky. Defending okay. champion Chicago Sky. Uh, give me a, give me the lowdown, Jason. For the Chicago Sky, my pick is going to be Granny Smith because it hits when it needs to hit. It, it comes in clutch, but it's not necessarily always the best. And I feel like Chicago for, for several years now, and especially this last year, they've consistently been good. Uh, I'm, I'm wearing a sky shirt right now. I, I'm, I'm repping the sky. I'm, I'm a big fan, but they haven't always had what it takes and they hit real hard this season right at the end and it worked. But I also don't go, have Granny Smith as my go-to apple. It's not the best apple in the league on a regular basis. Uh, and so for that reason, it's good. It hits when it needs to hit, but uh, but it's not necessarily consistently the best. And for that reason, uh, I'm going to put pull Chicago as the Granny Smith. I like it. I like it. You know what? I'm going to go ahead and be that guy, Jason. I'm going to pull the MVP right out the shoot because the Chicago Sire Honeycrisp. I think oh. that's easy. Um, I I think Jason and I have made it clear. At least anyone in, in pre-recorded. I. Uh, ripe Honeycrisp Apple is the best apple. It's it's yeah. the sovereign ruler of appledom for me when it does the job right. Now, Honeycrisps aren't always fully in season. You're going to have times where it's not as fresh. You don't get as good of a crunch. But in the heat of the, the peak season for Honeycrisp, it, it's tops. Now, first of all, this is an obvious choice for me in saying like, oh, the champion should be the best apple. And that's a part of it. But I'll say this as well. 
See, Chicago's always been a good apple. They've always had the potential to get somewhere. But two things happened to this team that really allowed them uh, to become something special. And they added not, well, they added one thing for sure. And then another thing really evolved. One was obviously bringing on Candace Parker and signing Candace Parker. And another one was not necessarily the addition of, but embracing the rise of Kalia Copper and, and, and giving her that space to become that big time player that she became that really, you know, became the finals MVP. And when you think about it, Kalia Copper, her style of play, her attitude, her energy, her swag is the honey. And with Candace Parker and her fundamental ability and her ability to, uh, to control the, the, <clears throat> the front court was the crisp. And that, that's what did it. And that's what turned them into a champion. So that's why Chicago's a honey crisp apple. That's, there's a t-shirt in there that's like copper is the honey and, and the honey and the crisp. crisp. Yeah. Like there's, there's a shirt in there. Uh, I like it. I mean, I'm all for it. Yeah. And yeah, those of us in pre-chat both know that uh, we both have honey crisp as our number one. Uh, but we both have Granny Smith very high on our list. So I, I think both yeah. of those apples very favorable towards the sky. Obviously, I will a pretty positive opinion there. There's, I, I'm going to go somewhere with that uh, with Granny Smith. I'm really not sure yet, but we'll see how it goes. Um, that said, we'll continue this forward. Uh, our second team that we'll hit. Let's go. A P P. So now I'm going from Chicago on the list. So we'll progressively go through it. A P P L E. Our second team, Jason, is the Las Vegas Aces. This this is a take that could brown over fast. And by that I mean it could get old and, and outdated pretty quickly. But I'm gonna do it. It's contingent on something, and that is the, the Aces keeping Liz Cambage and Liz Cambage playing for the team. Okay. Um but I think it's possible. Um and also maybe it's a little off. I don't know. I don't know yet. Um, I got to I'm going to go ahead and do it. But it that's it, it, actually, ooh, you know what? I can't do it because I'm going to use it for someone, but I'll explain it later. Sorry. I was like, oh, I had one. But then I realized that's actually timeliness. It's not going to quite work. So we're going to go with this. See, Vegas is still a team that's fresh in terms of being a team from Vegas is still only a few years old in the league. Granted, they, you know, they've been an organization for 20 years, but still fresh in being from Vegas. Um, they're still somewhat new in being in that top echelon of teams haven't quite broken through and a very, very trendy apple. One that's really come into discussion very recently is the cosmic crisp. Oh, I also think that the term, if you have, you had a cosmic crisp? I have. Yeah. They're pretty good. Very solid. Yeah. Very solid. Um, they, uh, they're known to be, apparently they bake well. I, we haven't baked well with them, but it's a solid, just really nice apple. I really like it. And is one that definitely is pretty trendy. Like you're starting to see them in a lot of stores, but essentially a lot of trendier stores. You'll definitely see a cosmic crisp at a Trader Joe's. And there's definitely going to be a modern flair with it. And there's a new, very modern flair with Vegas right now with the, the style and attitude they bring to their style of play. Adding Becky Hammond puts a lot more to it. 
Um, and so for that reason, that's where I'm, I'm going to sit as far as that's considered is with a cosmic crisp. And that's off the top of my head because there was another one I wanted to call out, but it wouldn't have worked with the Cambage connection quite as well. Mm. So sorry if that was clunky, but I'm, I'm going to give the crisp to, uh, to Vegas. Interested to hear where you're going with it. Uh, I'm going to go here. One apple that has always hit for me, almost regardless of time of year and stuff, but has never quite ascended to the number one in my mind, is a Braeburn. I, I genuinely I like Braeburns yeah, on a regular baby. basis. So Braeburn's a good apple, and it has the potential to make it number one if it has just like one or two tweaks. And uh, I, I think Hammond might be the one or two tweaks that are needed uh, for Braeburn to, to take its seat at the top of Appledom. And so for me, yep. I'm going to give Las Vegas the Braeburn. I absolutely love this. Love <laughs> it. This is fan- as a fantastic call out. Uh, a Braeburn is one of those apples that if you get it at peak ripeness and you get like a really, really good one that's flavorful, it's one yeah. that'll make you just like forget where you are for a second. Like it's yeah. that good. Um, and that's kind of like watching the aces at full strength. Like it's, yeah. you just, you're floating on air a little bit. So I just, I couldn't love that take anymore. I, I think that's a fantastic one. Let's move forward. We're going to do one more team and then we'll hit our first Q and a question. So we were just at Vegas. So a P P L E interesting Jason. Let's talk about the sparks. All right, so I'm I'm going to put a caveat on the, caveat on this. This is the Sparks of the last two years, not the Sparks of the last like ten, because the Sparks have been a very different team the last couple of years. Have struggled to make it to the playoffs. Uh, I'm going to go with Golden Delicious, and not just because okay. obviously Golds like you've got, you've got the clear pun there, which which that's the easy the easy take. But uh, I I also find yeah. the Golden Delicious. To not necessarily be a a bad apple, if if that makes sense, which we're going to talk about some bad apples, but it's it's an apple that generally struggles to be good. And and for me, the Sparks are kind of struggling to to be relevant in the playoff picture. They're struggling for an identity. Uh, they kind of fall in that they're not bad, but they're also not good realm. And as such, that that's clearly where I have Golden Delicious in in my apple rankings. Is is Fringe playoff, maybe first out type of a seat, and uh, and and that to me is the the Los Angeles Sparks. That's an interesting. See, I really had thought of Golden Delicious, and then, um, you know, it kind of fell out of favor with me that way. But that's probably why. Let's do this, and this is another one that's kind of a. Almost a, main, a mainstream apple. Listen to me. <laughs> um, I let's do this. I think the Sparks are Fuji apple. Okay. For one reason, Fujis are commonly known to be a softer apple. They're not as crisp as others. They don't often have that crisp crunch. They usually come in almost like not a crumble, kind of. And one, I said that. The sky picked up crisp from Candace Parker, so naturally the Sparks have to lose some crisp by Candace oh. Parker leaving. So I think that's a part of it. Here's the other thing. Fuji is probably one of the more mainstream apples to the point where it's almost less enjoyable. Most people who've had a Fuji apple have probably had it from just a grocery store or like Walmart or somewhere where you're probably going to get an apple that's not locally done. It's 
often not as flavorful. They're not the best in the world. People who probably think they like apples are because they've probably had a Fuji apple from somewhere like there. And a Walmart store-bought bland apple is kind of what Derek Fisher's been like as coach recently. And I yeah. I don't think he brings the freshness that it needs. I think he, he he's a mainstream style hire and has kind of made mainstream decisions that haven't quite yet worked. And it sucks because really good Fuji's do exist. I've had very crisp. I've actually had pretty crisp Fuji's or even soft ones that, that pack in a lot of flavor. And that exists on the Sparks roster. Erica Wheeler, Amanda Zowie B, the Yaguma K's like that's, that's a team full of flavor and full of talent, but almost has this laissez-faire attitude with, with putting everything together. Mm-hmm. And it's possible, and if they can, they can make something happen, but it's just, it hasn't been happening as of late. That's a toughie. Yeah. So that's where yeah. I'm going to go with the Sparks. I like that. Let's, Fuji, uh, Fuji, to me, feels like the very mass-produced, non-offensive apple, but that's never quite great. So I, I like that. Yeah. It's, Mainstream's it's, a good Fuji way to put Gallas. it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's take a quick break. We're a quarter in um, and, and hit some Q&A from our, our live Twitch chat community. All right. Uh, so, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So the, the first question I'm going to propose comes from Cam. I am on our Twitch chat uh, and they would like to know, uh, does Courtney Williams start right away or does she come off the bench for the sun? That's a, that's an interesting question. Um, if, I'm just, let I'm, me, yeah. I'm just, I'm, I'm answering, I'm pulling up the sun roster just to make sure I'm not uh, speaking completely out of my tailpipe here. So yeah, um, I want to make sure that I, I, it makes a lot of sense to me. Now there's a couple things that could tie to it. Now there's been a lot of notions that pre end January could easily be on the move. We could potentially see here somewhere like a, I think Seattle has been brought up a lot. So we'll see where that goes. Um, does she mesh with Jasmine Thomas? I'll say this. And Heidemann's been pretty solid too. I think that if they are comfortable with trying to replicate some of the offensive prowess that they had with Courtney back in 2019, um, I'm correct in saying 2019. Am I not? 2020? Um, then I think there's high potential for them to make this work. Uh, and I think it makes sense for her to start. The other side of it is knowing where Courtney's coming from and some of her outspokenness. A part of me feels like she would come back really only if, and, and some of the outspokenness she had about the sun when she left, I kind of feel like for her to come back, she kind of would almost have to have that guarantee from the team. Just like, yeah, well, like I'll come back, I'll play, but like I need to start. But it's hard to tell because where does that leverage lie based on some of the things we've seen from Courtney Williams off the court? It's hard to tell. Yeah, I think for style of play, I think it's totally workable. I think I like how her ability to drive the lane spaces the rest of that team really well because you have a pretty fluid game out of players like Dewana Bonner who stretches the floor more, uh, you know, more unorthodoxically and things like that. So right now, off the top of my brain, I probably would, especially if we see Bria in January in a different uh, jersey. Um, but you have that little three-guard mix of 
Heidemann, Jazz, and uh, Courtney. And it's tough to t- say like exactly how I would piece that together. Probably would end mm-hmm. up with Natasha coming off the bench, but that's my initial thoughts. I I would probably lean toward her as the starting as a starting guard, but um, yeah, that's yeah. I'll cut myself off there. I th- I think I agree with you for the most part. I think a lot of it's going to come down to to chemistry on the court. Uh, sometimes the best player isn't necessarily the best starter because players interact with each other differently. That being said, um, especially if Brienne January is, is taking off, then I, I think it's, it's very likely that she starts. Even if not, I think that I agree. I, I think I'd probably sit Heidemann and have Heidemann come off the bench and, and put Courtney Williams in. Um, so I, I think it's probably more likely than not that, that she does start. Um, but I could also see them splitting the minutes a little bit more evenly. So even if you're, you're starting, you know, you might not be getting 30 minutes. You might be doing more of a 20 20 with, uh, with, you know, with Heidman and Jasmine Thomas and stuff and, and getting a little bit more even. So, um, that's kind of my gut thought on it, but it'll be interesting to see because obviously we don't have a finalized roster, which makes it a lot harder. Cause if I'm looking at a finalized roster, I can be like, okay, those are my five starters. But there is going to be some flux in this over the next little bit. But I uh, appreciate the question. Uh, do we want to hit one more? Or do you want to jump into more some, some more apples? Let's let's do one more. We got a quick sec. Okay. Uh, another question from our Twitch chat: If you could have a WNBA player design a custom pair of shoes for you, who would you pick? Like like they design it. Yeah. So the the way the question is worded, yeah. So the player designs a custom pair of shoes for you. So it's their shoe, but it's just for like. I mean, I think it has to be Natasha Cloud because she could design me a pair of Converse. Yeah, for me. That's, yeah, that's, no, that's that, that's kind that of almost a trick yeah. question because I I she could specifically like if I could get a, a pair of Chuck Taylors that were like Natasha Cloud endorsed and like they're her Chucks and her. Her pro BBs are beautiful. Uh, the pedal to the metal line with the floral print is, is a beautiful shoe. But if it was specifically like she sponsored with Converse, she has the access to find me like my perfect Chucks. It's, that's the natural inclination. So that's what I'd go with. Be curious um, where you would take it though. So I, I, this may, this may or may not be known by, by the fandom, but I'm probably the least sneaker savvy of, of our group. Um, and as such, my inclination is actually to go towards Sue Bird because every time she she has custom shoes done, they're super creative. Um, a lot of times they've got caricatures on them or, or they've, they've got themes to them. And uh, so just the uniqueness of the shoe choices that Sue Bird makes would, would make me want to know what she would come up with for me. I mean, Sue Bird to me is actually one of the more creative people in the league. Uh, if, if you've ever seen Between Two Birds, uh, the way she pulls off that those segments and stuff is just really top quality. So um, I, I like yeah. Super's creativity, and I, I want to see what she would do with it. So I'm going to go with Subert on that. Very interesting. I, I like that a lot. Um, let's get back to some Apple talk, which I love saying out loud. Uh, <laughs> and and we'll hit some Q and A's in just a minute. We'll do three more teams really quick. So we were at the Sparks. I'm going down the list again. A P P L E. Let's talk about the Seattle Storm. This off the cuff was my Granny Smith team. Okay. Uh, 
I mean, there's some obvious stuff, right? They're green. I, I'll just say that. That's obvious. Yeah. But also, if a person was a Granny Smith apple, it's Sue Bird, right? It's 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 tart. Yeah. It hits the spot. The Granny thing's funny, you know, because she's you know one of the more uh, advanced in in number age, but she's certainly uh, younger in her ability to live on the earth than I certainly am. Uh, but I think that works in a lot of different ways. And one thing that really speaks to Sue Bird, Granny Smith's might have the best shelf life of any apple. Uh, I've had Granny Smith's that, you know, if I've had like a big bag of apples and it, and I've had a couple that have lasted me a couple weeks, I've had Granny Smith's a couple weeks old that still have a crunchiness to it, that still have a good tart flavor to it, that still maintain themselves well. Uh and withstand bruises well. They're one of the apples that I don't worry too much if they're a little bruised because the flavor gets past it. And that's Sue. After all this time, still a fresh apple. And so I'm I'm going with Granny Smith for the storm for all them reasons. All right. I am going to place the Seattle Storm as a Jonah Gold. If you've had a Jonah Gold... Yes! It is yes! very sweet, <laughs> very good, but by the time you're at the end of the apple, you're kind of wanting a little bit of variation because of how sweet it is. And that's how I'm feeling with the Seattle Storm right now, where 2018, 2020, it was incredibly sweet, so much fun to watch, clicked so well. And now I'm just kind of like, all right, like right, let's spice it up. Let's throw something else in there. I feel like the formula that was working isn't working anymore. And, uh, and it, it's, it's just not as sustainable of a model. You know, we, we were looking at Seattle becoming a dynasty and it feels like they've kind of fallen away from that. And the lack of sustainability of the Jonah Gold plus how sweet it is on, on first bite, uh, put those together and, and that gets me to Seattle being the Jonah Gold. I, I love it. I love it. First of all, I love Jonah Golds. Yeah. It's a good but apple. I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Because I don't think I've ever seen the mini Jonah Gold. They're generally large apples. Yeah. They're like baby melon sized apples. They're very, <laughs> very large. And so you very, like, like even if you're not a core eater, like I'm, I don't know if this is controversial for people to name, but I'm a core eater, but like I, uh, even if you're not, it's still a lot. And so it, yeah, I totally see how you get through it, especially if it's not quite as crisp as it can be. Uh, so I like the Seattle comparison because if maybe if Seattle's having injury trouble or, you know, look at some of their post play after the commissioner cup, some of that style of play being a little less crisp, it can happen and it can make it tough to get through. Mm -hmm. So I, I really, really, really like that take. That's a solid one. Let's get back to it. If you want, just, just to divert some of the, the ads you're getting out on Twitter for being a core eater, I'll throw this out there and see how the internet reacts. I eat the orange peel. See, I've heard, I've heard of people who do that. Like, I don't eat the peel, but I'll eat, like, if I have a heavy rind on an orange, I'll do it. The only ex- type of citrus I definitely won't do that is grapefruit. I kind of need yeah. a grapefruit to have, like, all the membrane off of it, but I totally feel you there. No, uh, it's just, that's how my dad grew up eating apples, and so that's how I eat them. Yeah. I just eat them, and, like, a lot of people do it from the side. I usually do it from the bottom da- through, mm-hmm. so that the core isn't, you don't get, like, a full bite of core, and so you yeah. hardly even notice it's what you're eating. I've explained that to some people and they still look at me like I'm the most disgusting human who's ever existed. And, <laughs> you know, if that's you, that's you and that's life. Um, let's, let's move forward here. Um, 
And let's see, we were at Seattle. So A-P-P-L-E. This is where it starts to get interesting. We have discussed currently teams who either have had recent success or have some level of intrigue. This is one that could go a lot of different directions for a lot of different reasons. Let's talk about the Atlanta Dream. Oh. You have an apple in mind for the Dream. I I do have a, an apple in mind for the Dream. The apple, please. The, the the Atlanta Dream for me is the grapple. It's. <laughs> Now, for those of you who don't know, a, a grapple is um, genetically grapple. modified apple. <laughs> is the genetically modified version of an apple that's kind of like a mix of grape and apple. And I think of the Atlanta Dream came out. They got Nikki Collins' coach. They come in. They make it to the, the semifinals of the playoffs. They have this great year. And the same way with the grapple. The first time the grapple came out, everybody was talking about it. It was so much fun. And then you realize it has this weird chemically aftertaste. It's a little bit weird. It doesn't really land in the spot. And it has struggled ever since. So for me, the Atlanta Dream are a grapple. I, wow, I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, Man, that's insane. Um, I knew that you were headed a different direction with this one. So I'm going to have to potentially uh, make a move here that I, I almost am worried about because I don't want to sound callous or mean or ridiculous. But I dream fans, I'm sorry. The dream is real delicious. Oh. It's, it's, it's the kiss of death. Now, I know. Indiana let's let's get this right out of uh, let, Yeah. Okay. I'm no fan of a red delicious apple. I'll say it out loud. It's, uh, well, it's bad. I don't know how else to explain it. No. But it being a bad apple isn't necessarily why I want to call this out with the dream because I don't necessarily think that the dream are altogether that bad. It's, it's the fact that as an organization, they are dealing with a certain propensity, which the, Red Delicious is famous for. Red Delicious apples bruise easily more than any other apple, and they bruise ugly. Like deep brown, inedible bruises. Sores and boils, like bad bruises. Uh, and it makes portions of that, those inedible, and it adds to the dryness of a Red Delicious, which just, there's no drier apple. I think that's a lot of what the dream are dealing with as an organization. They went through all the Kelly Lossler stuff. And and she's probably to blame for dropping a Red Delicious apple. She probably, Loeffler, that freak, probably loves Red Delicious apples. That tells you how low it is. Uh, she's a person, and uh, I really hope that, like, a good-natured human being listening to the show, if you love Red Delicious apples, you're allowed to. You have that right. I, I, I don't want to compare you to a, a disgraced inside trader. But, um, you know, the... In dealing with that, in dealing with being kind of the face of political unrest in a lot of ways in the league, and then dealing with trying to find your footing and and win games this year, you lose your coach well just before the season starts. You have unrest within your locker room. They're dealing with a lot of bruising right now, and they have a lot of 
you know, to deal with. And what I think they kind of need to do is throw the bushel out and get some new apples. And I think that they'll be okay. I have faith in the dream's ability to potentially build themselves back up, but it's going to take some work. And I also wanted to save the red delicious move for you that I have a feeling is coming very <laughs> soon. But uh, any, any, uh, Oh, you already called out the grapple. So we're good there. Yeah. No, do I, have I, one I, more I like team. That. I like that pick. Uh, I, I won't go too much into it because I'll have my own chance to talk about Red Delicious. But yeah. if you want to, if you want to get a feeling of my opinion of Red Delicious, so I was flying out to Florida about a year ago, and I had a connection flight. So I, was, I landed, and then I, I had a quick connection. I had like twenty minutes. So it's one of those ones you're kind of like running through the airport to make sure you get to your gate on time. And I'm running by this newsstand, or like half jogging. I wasn't running; it wasn't that urgent, but I was like half jogging, and I had not eaten in several hours, and I was starving. And the newsstand had a bowl of apples, and I thought, hey, there's nobody in line there. I'll just go grab an apple and be able to eat it on my way. As I got closer, I realized it was a bowl of Red Delicious, and I got on my flight hungry. That is a crap apple. Yeah, it's just not worth it. Yeah. It's a bad apple. Um, And it's it's unfortunate. Like, hopefully, At least there could have been one slightly underripe banana for you, because that would have been... Cause I've actually done that once late for flight as well as... I hawked a banana, like literally like pushing it into to my mouth as I'm getting on the flight. Yeah. Just like, and that was, that was food for the day. It's, it's funny that we say some of the things we've said. Cause as I go through this list, get ready for this, Jason, a P P L E. Hey, Jason, what apples, the Indiana fever, the Indiana fever are a red delicious apple. This was of the one that I knew going into the episode, what I was going to pick. Uh, and, the reason I was going to pick it. It's just bad and there's no way to make it good. So there are other apples like, like for example, uh, Steve, I think this was in pre-record. You're talking about how the golden delicious makes a good crisp. There are ways you can up the game of other apples. There's nothing you can do for a red delicious. You need to uproot it, move it down to Miami, team up with the Miami heat, create the Miami fever and just start over. Uh, that there's no way to, res- there's no way to resuscitate a red delicious. And at this point, I'm beginning to feel like there's not really a way to resuscitate, resuscitate the Indiana fever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's really a hard sell. And I, what I like about your take on the red delicious too is, uh, I've tried to be very, patience uh with the the fever and and not gone in too heavy as we sometimes can on the show because it's been a tough ride since we've done this show and after the release of kaiser after watching what's gone on with with their inability to take lottery picks and not even Mm -hmm. do anything with them but just invest anything you know when i look at what they've done recently with their with lauren cox with kaiser gunderzik it's just like it's it's that like there was you know sometimes you hear the phrase not for lack of trying they've had a lack of trying yeah and they've spoiled several lottery picks to the point where you almost can't have sympathy and red delicious apples spoil a fruit salad they spoil yeah uh you know a, a smoothie like if you put that specific type of apple into the run it's going to just completely take things to a to a negative level so i am 100% on board with that. I think, um, you know, I just, it to the point where it's hard for me to find something 
So I, <laughs> I've tried to get through this. Um, uh, how's this? I don't know if this is going to rub anyone the wrong way. I'm going to give it to, I'm going to give Indiana a sugar bee. Because, I don't know if you've heard of a sugar bee or seen them. But basically, it's a, it's an apple that's trying to be a honey crisp, but it's, it's just not. It tastes different. It runs, it runs in different circles. It doesn't quite work, but people tried, you know, it, 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 you could tell right away from the name, pretty much trying to be a, you know, trying to be a honey crisp, and it doesn't quite work. And, any frustrations I have with the Fever have to really do with their management more than anyone on that roster because they have some talented players, but what do they have to work with? Um, and sometimes that's kind of what Indiana feels like. Less like a basketball team and more like a basketball, like a, a group that plays one on TV. You know, it's, it's that idea of they are more embedded to the idea of, uh, appearance than they are about trying to create quality basketball. I think there's some imposter syndrome going on there in a way. And I want to be clear that I want that fixed. I want it to work. Uh, absolutely. And undoubtedly want it to work. I want it to work for the team because they've got some great players and great individuals. And a lot of people under their management and their front office are wonderful people. And you would hope that they would find a way to get this to happen. And that's kind of how I see it. So I'm going to go sugar B simply to say, like, I feel like there's some imposter syndrome going on there. And, you know, it's it's a tough case for them. So that puts us halfway through our team listings. Uh, but uh, with that, before we keep going, let's go ahead and maybe hit another Q&A. Got one locked in. Um, yeah, I got some more questions up here. Uh Okay, so uh, a question coming in is saying is talking about how there's been a lot of social media hype for the Athletes Unlimited basketball that's uh, been going on so far. I believe today was actually the first day of games, which I'm going to have to catch up on those. Um, and the question is, can this kind of this Winter League, uh, Athletes Unlimited League, grow to be a strong, viable uh, alternative to overseas play for WNBA players? I'm only going to say no for one reason, and that's simply because quite often, as it stands right now, overseas basketball is almost, in some cases, a better financial opportunity for some players than even the WNBA at this point. I mean, there's some opportunity. If you find the right footing and you're the right le- you know, level of prominence, you could, you could land a pretty sizable contract overseas, especially Russia with, you know, with, you know, Dynamo or with Ekaterinburg. Like, there's, a, you have a chance to, even like some NBL teams have, have that chance in them. So it would have to take them being able to pull in a good amount of money. What I could see being really strong for the AU is I think, especially as expansion happens, I think it's an extremely viable option to partner with the WNBA as a developmental league. Um, Almost more than that. Like I almost like the idea of them potentially running kind of a year round structure where during the season they can take on players who uh, don't make a roster and need somewhere to play, need somewhere to, you know, to show themselves and somewhere that they can, you know, be well incubated so that if opportunities arise for them to rejoin a roster, they can. 
And, you know, they have that draft, the redraft system, like every two weeks, they reset captains and redraft the teams. And I think that there's a potential to, you know, instead of a 10 day contract, you can do a 14 day contract and you can only sign these players as the draft happens so that the AU teams know who they have the option to pick and things like that. Um, obviously that shifts their focus from playing during the WNBA season and not necessarily on the off season. Mm-hmm. So I'm not here to shift the whole thing, but to me that makes a little bit more sense. It would need to find a very unique revenue stream. You know, right now they're very internet focused. So if it's, you know, online ad revenue, if it's something like that, that helps them support them to a point where they can take on uh, certain contracts and give some viability. Um, I just think there's definitely going to be a talent threshold where it's going to be hard for people to turn down money that some teams overseas can offer. But um, I think there's some high potential there and uh, a chance to, you know, I I, I think the other side of it is just, I I do think there's a lot of players that enjoy the opportunity to kind of take a lot of ownership of this. And (laughs) the fact that it's very player run player centric uh, it is something that a lot of people are buying really heavily into. So I'm willing to be wrong, but it's going to be a really hard uphill to be highly competitive with that. But I don't think it's impossible, but it would take a lot to, for me to be completely in on that idea. Yeah. Uh, I don't ever like ruling anything out completely. Um, I think there's a yeah. possibility if, if things fall the right way. Um, but if I was, if I was advising them, I don't know that I would be trying to compete with overseas leagues because you're trying to compete for top talent. Your Brianna Stewart's like, if you're trying to pull them from going overseas and getting big money and instead try to convince them to stay here, I, I think the, the, the curve to get into that is just too steep. You've got to be making too much money to be able to offer those kind of contracts. And so if I was them, yeah. I would be aiming at being almost a developmental league. I know this when Logan and I talked about this on the episode last week, that's kind of the, the take I had is make this a developmental league where you've got players who are on the fringe, maybe just got cut looking for a spot in the league and give them a platform where they can show their game. And you don't have to make as much money because those contracts aren't going to cost you as much. You're not competing with, with, you know, no. um, the, those big overseas teams. That to me seems like a more viable route. You know, you don't always have to, to be the big fish. You can be a, a reasonably sized fish serving unique, uh, niche. And I, I feel like that developmental league, the, you know, it, you think of, uh, I'm totally blank, blanking on her name. Uh, Iowa, she was NCAA player of the year and then got cut. Um, oh, like a uh, man Gustafson? Yeah, Gustafson. No, that's Missouri. Yeah, oh, I know what oh, you're saying. Missouri, yeah, yeah. sorry. Um, lower Midwest. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah. yeah, to me, it, it, it seems like the place where you could have a Gustafson who had a great college career, has room to develop, but gets cut from a team. And obviously she's found her way back onto to the Mystics for now, but that's a great place for somebody like that to go to show that they've still got it and to maybe catch the eye of a WBA coach. So for me, for me, I would, I would not try to compete with overseas leagues. I would try to be your own thing, which would be, kind of that developmental type league for, for the W. Yeah, I think it's great. Cause I think if you can get some footing with this, what you're able to do is get players exposure that even the WNBA isn't giving them. 
And I think that's a huge plus for a lot of people because um, there's a high level of players who definitely have shown and stood out in the W and on a big stage, but this gives them a chance to shine even further. So I think there's high potential in it. Uh, let's go ahead and move from this and jump right into the next round of apples. Cause I know we're, we've covered a lot of real estate already. Um, so let's, uh, let's hit these next three. Uh, we ended with Indiana. So a P P L E this ought to be fun. Jason, let's talk about the New York Liberty. Ooh. Uh, and, and there, but let's go to the big apple and talk about apples over there. Any right. uh, immediate thoughts on where to take things? Yeah, so I'm I'm gonna jump out. Uh, you've already called out this apple, so I won't talk too much about its characteristics. Uh, I'm gonna go with the Cosmic Crisp. Uh, it's it's really good. It's interesting. It's new and young, and it has a ton of potential to become uh, one of the tops. It, it it can it can hold its weight against the the Honey Crisps of the world, and uh, and and I think that there's a chance for it to to take a top spot in the very near future. So. Uh, New York Liberty, I am going with the Cosmic Crisp. I absolutely, um, positively love this, uh, the Cosmic Crisp. Oh, you said new and young. At first, I thought you said new and yum, which is actually kind <laughs> of how I would explain, I would describe a Cosmic Crisp. It's a, yeah, it's, it's, it's a very yum. Works, yeah. Yeah, it's a very yum apple. I was like, oh, that's a fun way to put it. I actually, I originally had this one for Vegas, but it, it didn't make sense with with uh, this. It will make sense now, but it won't then um, in one <laughs> way. But uh, as it stands right now, if I'm correct, the I'm just looking at the roster to make sure that I'm not lying to you. You know, I don't like to lie to people. Um, the the Liberty host quite a few personnel out of Australia. They have two Australian players back at Allen, Sammy Whitcomb, Sandy Brondello is now at the helm as coach. Um, really interested if offhanded the Australian national team, Sandy Brondello was coach of, of such a team, the Australian uh, women's national basketball team. Do you, you happen off the top of your brain, Jason, to know what their nickname is? I do not know what their nickname is now. They are known as the Opals. Okay. And so the Liberty for embracing the Australian basketball for the excitement. And I think some of the tanginess that Sandy Brondello is about to bring to this roster, uh, the I'm, I'm giving the Opals over to the New York Liberty. I like it. Opals a good. I was going, I love, I love a good Opal. I was going to give Opal to Vegas with the Cambage connection, but there's been drama between her and the Australian national team. So it didn't quite fit. And then it realizing yeah. that the Liberty is pretty much slowly basically adding the Aussie team, like transitioning them all fully yeah. over. It made a lot of sense to me. So that's where we're taking it. Let's move on with our, I believe this would be the eighth team that we've taken care of. A P P L E. Funny. We just talked about Sandy Brondello. You want to talk about the Phoenix Mercury? I'm almost positive I'm not going to say this apple right because I've never actually heard anyone say it, but I've seen it at the store. Uh, I'm going to go with a Macoon. A Macoon okay. is a, a solid apple. It, it feels like it's one of those ones that have been around forever. It's kind of a, a classic for like if you're going to go out and actually pick apples yourself from like an apple orchard. Um, 
And right now, it feels like Phoenix has been around forever. We've seen a very similar roster the last several years. Obviously, they added Sky Diggs, but, um, and it's been consistently good. Uh, it, it doesn't ever really disappoint. Uh, but it also doesn't seem to, to have the, the gas to get across the finish line. So, uh, yeah, for that reason, it, it feels like a classic apple to me, something that you've, you've seen for a long, long time. Uh, and I'm not going to say that anyone will ever retire, but, Maybe sometime that'll change here in the near future. But, uh, yeah, the McCoon, that's, that's what I'm going with for Phoenix. I love that. Now, interesting story with this apple choice with Phoenix. There were two apples I had in mind. They're both the, one, the ones you've called out, and I wasn't sure which one to go with. One was Golden Delicious um, for a lot of the same reasons you called out, which is consistency is an issue there. But uh, if do right, no can defend with the Golden Delicious. It's a really great apple in season. Uh, and uh, mellow flavor. You know, I enjoy that. And then the Jonah Golds is one of the most packed, tangy, tart apples that just packs in a ton of flavor right off the bat. Now, I found out that there's a very popular, fairly popular apple that's a that's a believed mutation of the two. And I didn't know that until I was looking at it just now, which is why the Phoenix Mercury is an ambrosia. The okay. ambrosia apple apparently is a mutation of a golden and a Jonah Gold. Also a native to Canada, and I have really loved the brand of basketball that the Mercury put together since adding Kia Nurse, and that's my uh, my big up and uh, respect over to my Canadian types. Also, shout out to Anila, our <clears throat> our Canadian friend of the show, and throw the Ambrosia their way over in Phoenix. So there's my take there. I like it. That gives us. Eight, I believe. Let's do one more, and then we'll hit another round of Q&A real fast. So we're just in Phoenix. Eight. P-P-L-E. Ha ha ha. It's time to talk about the Connecticut Sun. This one's interesting. Ooh. Connecticut Sun. That was the deepest breath I've ever heard. Possibly I... ever. Okay. I'm, I'm going to go this way, which is uh not necessarily how I expected to go with them. Uh I'm going to give them the Fuji. And I'm going to uh-huh. tell you why. Fuji usually Please hits do. for me. It's a good apple. Like I I generally like it. It's not my favorite. It but it's consistent and I like that consistency from a Fuji. But there's also a dark secret to a Fuji. Do you know how the Fuji was created, Steve? The Fuji I know you're is about to tell me. red delicious. It is a Uh-oh. mix between it is a mix between a Virginia Rell's Guinness and a red delicious. That is what makes a Fuji. And as such, if you're ever wondering why Connecticut can't get across the line, there's just a little bit of red delicious in there. And uh, the curse, the <laughs> it, curse the of curse. the Fuji. It's the curse. The Fuji is a good apple, but but its roots tie it to to not being able to cross the finish line. And, uh, and that's going to be my analogy for why the Connecticut Sun consistently are a great team, but never can quite seem to, to put it all together and make it work. I, wow. That, I feel like you just described, <laughs> um, I think you just described the Connecticut sun better than anyone ever has before by digging into this <laughs> apple. I, you might've just explained it. Um, Oh man, that's amazing. 
and it's funny because I think it ties perfectly with my pick because I think the sun or gala apple, like, yeah. like we talked about gala might be the safest apple pick there is. Oh yeah. Cause you're going to find it. First of all, I picked Fuji for the sparks, not gala, right? Yeah. They are one of the safest picks. They are everywhere. They're commonly a good price. And it doesn't matter what time of year you have it. You're, you're going to have a good experience with a gal apple. If you, if you find one that's just not heavily bruised or, or messed up. So it's a solid apple. It works like it's, it's not, uh, it, it and I think that in a way is a brand that the with the sun is it, you know, it just works when it mm-hmm. works, it works. And that's kind of what it is, is. They have a system that makes sense. They know the pieces they fit into it and they tend to make it work. Now, the other side of it, we've talked a lot about how well coached this team is and how everyone knows their role. And in a lot of ways, it makes it sometimes hard for one star to stand out from there because of how well all of the players mesh together. And this is talking about a team that just sprouted an MVP, but still, I mean, they found a way to have that almost positionless, almost starless, you know, they're able to all really work together linearly, which is always very impressive. And I like how that works with a Fuji because I'm going to be 100% Frank Outside of maybe you yourself, Jason, if I sat any human down with a Gala and a Fuji, could they honestly tell me which is which? <laughs> it would be I hard. have to check every yeah. time I go to the store. I mean, anytime I see like a main display of one that's on sale, I have yeah. to check to make sure I know which is which. They are extremely similar apples. The database list that I'm looking at right now that rank these have them one after the other. And yeah. honestly, you look at the photos and you're like, the lighting's different. Otherwise, they're probably the exact same apple. Now... I don't believe the Gala Apple has any lineage to a Red Delicious, so that changes it a little bit. Um, it says it has hints of vanilla and a floral aroma, which is pretty amazing to say out loud. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I stand by that. Also, it's one of the few apples natively grown in Connecticut. They only have a few. One of them is the Macoon. So look at you. Uh, so you, you called that one out. There's actually only yeah. one we haven't listed yet, and I might be listing it for another team. We'll see. Um, but that puts us three, six, nine. Um, uh, so let's take another quick break. We'll do another quick Q and a, and then we'll round out our Apple discussion. Okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, if Connecticut is going to have Williams, John Quell and Alyssa Thomas, if all three of those end up in Connecticut, what other team has the, the horsepower to really challenge them? Uh, in, in terms of talent on the court. I mean, I know it sounds obvious, and that's not my take, but I mean, uh, conditioning is, is is one thing, but a healthy Chicago team can go head-to-head with that, I think. Yeah. Um, potentially. And healthy Chicago honestly, and healthy Minnesota. Minnesota. That was the other team I was going to call out. Yeah. When Minnesota's working on all cylinders... Um, and, and again, with, with Connecticut and Minnesota are both teams that I stand by saying a traditional playoff format really benefits them more than mm-hmm. most teams. Cause I think some, we learned when the race is tight enough in the playoff run, when one to eight, there's talent levels up and down, uh, that layoff for that buy can hurt some rosters more than it helps them. Yeah. Because it, there's rust, there's layoff. Uh, you're coming up against a team carrying momentum. So having that traditional playoff structure, I actually think helps teams like that. Um, Minnesota, in terms of athleticism, probably a little bit more than Chicago. Uh, mm-hmm. I think Chicago defensively can do well. Phoenix, 
adds to that on the defensive end. Um, but for a full 40, I would probably lean Connecticut's way. But I mean, yeah, yeah. I, we just talked about it with, with Courtney. And that's such a deep roster. And that's what's yeah. crazy about it is, and they're only getting deeper. I don't know that they're going to lose uh, assets enough to, to really hinder that. And that looking at what happened with Seattle this last year gives you an idea of what happens when a team sacrifices their depth for one reason or the other. And it can, it can pay some big dividends. So good spot for them to be in for sure. Yeah, no, I, I, we, I agree with, I agree, yeah. I agree with you on that. I, I think that uh, for me, I've got Connecticut as either my one or my two. And really, I, I think that there's not a lot of teams that could go head to head with them for a full game. And uh, with that being the case, I, I, I agree. I, I'd probably put Minnesota as my number one competitor to them and then Chicago behind them just because Chicago, um, they need to, to figure out some consistency. And some of that's just going to be player development, getting Copper to be, uh, uh, you know, consistent for the whole season and getting Parker to be healthy for the whole season. But, uh, all in all, I, I agree. I think that those two teams do have the ability to, you know, not even just to go a full game with them, but to go a, you know, three, five game series, something like that. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, th- those would be my two call outs there. Absolutely. I love it. Um, let's, uh, what do we have here? Time. Let's, we'll hit maybe one more question after we're done with the apples here, but we've got three more of these and then I think we'll try to hit one more big question. Unless you were seeing multiple big questions, we'll see what we can do there. Um, but we got the final three. I went ahead and just count all these down so we can make this one pretty quick. But this one is, uh, I want to just give the floor to you, the Dallas Wings. I mean, this is your land. <laughs> you, you, you ate an apple today on this land. I mean, no one speak can, is more, I don't know if anyone's more qualified to declare this than Jason Snow. So uh, let's go to Big D. Yeah. I, I don't know what my general proximity to the stadium does in terms of qualifications, but I will take it. Uh, and I'm going to go ahead and give Dallas the Macintosh. There you have it. Couple of reasons. Macintosh, it's an okay apple. It's not a great apple. Yeah. It's okay. It's not. And yeah. that's generally how they go. But you I'm know glad what? You, I'm glad you said it. I just <laughs> am. I just, I'm glad someone said it. But you know what? It's it's like Macintosh and Apple, the computer company, which is there was a lull in the in the kind of like mid 90s where Apple seemed like it might almost be out for the count. PC was taking over the world. And Macs went down and down. And then in the early thousands, they came out with the iPod and suddenly Apple became just this giant success company. Dallas feels like a team who with one or two right moves could go from, yeah, it's an okay apple to huge success. And, and I, I, I think that they're starting to put some things together. Obviously, uh, our take this last season, or at least my take the entire last season was that Dallas consistently was in the lead in terms of, uh, fun over expectations. Uh, the stat that I made up mm-hmm. and, and I'm going to insist that somebody figure out how to calculate, uh, but fun over expectations. Dallas constantly won. Uh, they have the chance to skyrocket the same way Apple did after the invention of the iPod if they can put a few things together. So I'm going with the Macintosh uh, because it's got the double play. It's got the Apple, and then I've also got the the Apple company comparison there. I just – man, that's a good way. I, I got nothing to say to any of that. I think you really 
I, I feel bad even picking one now, but you've I like the Macintosh call out. I'm not sure if Macintosh will make any of my lists uh necessarily. Um so I do just want to make one call out about the Macintosh. Might be the most aesthetically pleasing of the apples. It has yeah. a beautiful, beautiful hue to it when everything mixes well. Um so that's fun. So this is one that I find to be really interesting. I've only had this once. So I it 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 I have to really dig back. Um but this is why. So I well technically twice, but this will make more sense. And I want to say I tried one of these in Texas, but I've mainly uh had this back east. So I don't think so. But um I'm giving Dallas the Cortland apple. And the okay. reason for this is it's a solid apple overall. I, I like the, first of all, it's got a, a really cool deep purple-ish, like a purplish red uh, hue. It's very unique look to it. And I love, uh, it, it's nice and tart, but they're mainly known as a cooking apple. That's kind of most of what you see. Often, um, Cortland's very common in apple sauces, apple butters, things like that. And to me, that's exactly what a Dallas Wings game is like watching. A Dallas Wings game, that, that's a, that's, they're, they're a team that when you, like, they're one of the most fun second half teams in the entire league. Because mm-hmm. often, when you watch that offense, when you watch Marina Mabry, when you watch Enrique Gumawale, once they get cooking, once they they start stirring up heat, once they start blending in, once those flavors start working, all of a sudden they can't miss. Their defense is sound, and they're in it. They're so often in games that most people would tell you they shouldn't be in, yeah, because they they find those mixes that work and they stick to them. They find that sauce, that apple sauce. And Cortland being one of those apples, I think it makes a lot of sense. And so that's where I'm leaning with when it comes to the wing. I like it. I like that. I just, they really are, when you talk about how fun they can be, it's it's really in a lot of ways because they, they can find a way to be just a competitive fighter in any setting. And I've, I've always loved, like this last season, it was so much fun watching them win or lose because they'd find their way into games. Yeah. Let's move on. Uh, to one that could go a lot of different directions. Let's talk about Lynx over in Minnesota. I'd be interested right. to hear your your take there. Yeah, so I'll I'll jump on first if that's cool. Uh, I'm gonna have to swallow Please. my pride here a little bit. Uh, as a Los Angeles native and fan of the Sparks, uh, it pains me to do this, but my Currently, in, in somewhat solid fashion, my number one pick for this upcoming season is the Minnesota Lynx. And as such, I am going to yield to them the title of Honeycrisp. Now, do you you have to know why this is perfectly succinct, because I almost <laughs> saved Minnesota Honeycrisp. Oh, because the Honeycrisp is Minnesota, Minnesota. Yeah. is the land of the Honeycrisp. They birthed yeah. it. So it's perfect. I I handed them to Chicago, and I barely held on to them for Minnesota for this reason. Yeah. So I'm thrilled that you did this. <laughs> um, and I I like the take. I think it's on completely on par 
Um, the thing that gets me here is a similar take in a way because I, I, we talked about this. I love a honey crisp. If there's one apple that could steal that title for me, like that, like the best apple I've had could be better than any honey crisp I've had. Like that could usurp that. It's Jonah Gold. And I'll say right now. Okay. Yeah. Whenever I stop and think about who's going to be in a lead position for a championship, I look at that Minnesota run they had the last half of the season. Yeah. And how that layover kind of hurt them. And I look at what they're, the machine they're oiling there. And a, a part of me, whenever I look at another team, a part of me still wants to lean to Minnesota. They're always kind of that nagging favorite in me that maybe one day I'll, I might pick them. We'll have to see. And, and that's why I got to go with Jonah Gold. They just, uh, you know, Jonah Gold packs that flavor. It, it, it almost surprises you, which in a lot of ways with a team being as well coached as you are with the Cheryl Reeve, uh, run team, you have that thought in your head, like, oh, it's going to be, you know, it's X's and O's, but that's an explosive offensive team and they're fun to watch. And yeah, that's why Jonah Gold makes a lot of sense. We've got one team left. It's so funny that we picked a really random way to pick the order of these teams and we still have the last team alphabetically last. <laughs> uh, but the 2019 champion Washington mystics, there's a lot, <laughs> uh, to be said in and out of this roster. I mean, they, you know, when's the last time we've seen them at full strength, it's hard to put a finger on them, but what we're going to try and do is put an apple on them. So I'd be interested to see where, where you might take this. For the Washington Mystics, uh, and this is going to have less to do about basketball and more to do about my number one complaint with the Washington Mystics. I'm going with the Jazz Apple. Okay. Jazz Apple's fine. Uh, it does have some red delicious notes to it. Uh, and, and I, because of that, I'm not the biggest fan. Uh, just like I'm not the biggest fan of the Washington Mystics, but, the branding of Jazz Apple feels super dated, and Min and sorry, not Minnesota, and Washington needs a rebrand. That logo is so bad. I'm so tired of like this weird like genie in the bottle smoke logo thing that they've got going on. Uh, almost everybody in the league has rebranded when really there's one team that needed to do it, and they have yet to do it. Uh, and so the Jazz the Jazz Apple needs a rebrand. It needs to modernize, freshen up. Uh, clean its appearance, and for that same reason, I'm I'm picking them with the Washington Mystics. I like this. I like that take because yeah, if nothing else, just a new font would be nice. Yeah, I think their their main letter script font doesn't quite work, but I have an interesting take on this because I think there's been a real theme when it's come to the Mystics that makes it tough. Pretty much since they've been a title team, uh, they won a championship in 2019, and and, and it's why. The Mystics, the last team on this, is a Sakaiichi, native of Japan, okay. because the Sakaiichi is one of the rarer apples worldwide. It's actually the most expensive apple, often per pounder per item. Usually, if you find them in America, you're spending $20 per apple mm -hmm. per Sakaiichi. Uh, not, and not for lack of, uh, intrigue. It's one of the largest apples in the world. They, they tend to show up huge. They have 
a really, really sweet flavor. I actually, I've only tried these as, as a sample. I think I got one in Seattle once. They had one in, I got one at, this is like a Pike's Place one where like, I didn't pay for it because I think even there it was cheaper, but still like $10, $12 for one apple. But they let you sample it. And I mean, immensely sweet. Uh, like in, like insanely, it's one of those like, you wanted to keep coming back and try more. They had that real um, sweet taste to it. And there's a lot of reasons for that. turns out that they're commonly farmed and washed in honey, which is hilarious. <laughs> uh, this is why I think they're the Mystics. The Mystics, up and down, if you just look at their roster, are they look title ready when you look at that roster. And they've almost not won. They've hardly, if ever, been able to play at full strength. This yeah. team has been so insanely riddled with injury troubles since they won a championship in 2019 that it's almost hard to put a grade on them simply because it's just hard to tell where they stand as a roster. And so getting them at their full flavor and at their full texture is extremely rare. They feel like a $20 apple to get them at their full strength, this large apple. Um, and that's where it stands with me is we could be telling a very different story with the mystics. If we had a chance to see them at full strength, they're one of the biggest what ifs in the league because of that. And it'll be an interesting story from there. So that's where I I take it. That's every team is an apple, Jason really quick. How do you feel? <laughs> I feel good. That Hungry, was, probably. It, was a, it was a good exercise in, uh, in, in thinking through these teams. And that's, one of the reasons we haven't done this as much recently, I feel like we actually did it more at the beginning of our show where we we do stuff like this. But um, I like I like having to think about various aspects of an organization in doing these types of things where we draft them as you know a, a fast food restaurant or or a, you know a type of apple. Um, hopefully, listeners found some value in that because it it can help you understand a team and that organization perhaps a little bit better. And uh, if for no other reason than just the reasoning that we gave to the apples. And also, like I said, it makes it more relatable. So, uh, I, I had fun. Um, I, I have a few apples to try. Uh, if I can find, I can't even remember what you call it, the Akaiichi or like, if I can find that, I, I need to. Yeah. I mean, Sakaiichi. I, Sakaiichi. Yeah. If, if I get, if I can find yeah. that at my, uh, my local, uh, health food store, I, I'm going to go all in on that. Um, I mean, maybe not at 20 bucks at a pound, but maybe I can get like a group of people to invest in it with me and, and make that happen. Yeah, if you've already got a protein handy, I would just like treat it as let's lunch today. Like if you see one. Yeah. yeah. Um, and just like treat yourself to it. But yeah, I've, I've literally had like one bite of one slice of it when I sampled it and it was, uh, it's pretty good. So yeah. I'm, I'm a fan of that. Um, we, I know we could t- t- probably have plenty more Q and A's, but we are pretty well at the streak of our time. Uh, but thank you as always to our, our Twitch community as always. Um, if you're following on Twitter, that's the best place to stay in touch with us in terms of our Twitch live streams and when to jump on, come in, be a part of the chat. Um, it's definitely worth our time. If you are a regular on the streams, we definitely encourage you to, to subscribe with us, especially if you have Amazon prime, that's an easy way to help support the show without you technically paying a dollar, uh, and, and goes a long way for us. Um, that said, I have had, uh, just I'll say bushels of fun today. <laughs> uh, this has been a good time. 
uh, for the fruit side of Steve. Jason, anything else you want to call, uh, bring to the board before we call the day? No, I, I just, I appreciate y'all sticking with us through the off season. Uh, we're, we're doing our best to cover this. Um, once again, it still feels like we're kind of waiting for the real flood of free agency to come out. Uh, and it could just be that this ends up being one of the quieter things, but we're just about a week away from contracts being signed. So if there's news to come out, we should have it here soon. So stick with us for that. Shortly after that, we move into March Madness, which is going to be fun. We are going to be live on yes, site yes. in, uh, in Minnesota for the final four and the, uh, national championship game. So you can expect a lot of content through that. And then that leads straight into the draft and straight into tip off. Uh, so it kind of feels like we're leaving the off season and going into the preseason because things are going to just only get faster and more intense as we go through the next couple of months. So, uh, stick with us. We're trying to get you a lot of content. We're trying to keep steady with our Monday, Wednesday streams. Uh, that should get easier here once I have better internet. Uh, but yeah, we appreciate you guys who are with us for the off season. We're seeing just to be completely transparent, we are seeing our best off season numbers by a significant margin this year. Uh, Absolutely. So we appreciate more and more of you are sticking around with us through the off season. Uh, and we appreciate that. Uh, as always, if, if you enjoy the show and you have somebody else that you think might enjoy it, feel free to share it with them. Uh, that would mean a lot to us because the more people listen to the show, the more cool stuff we can do, like bringing you live coverage of stuff like the NCAA women's March Madness and Final Four. So, uh, we're excited about that. So, uh, yeah, no, I, I just really appreciate all of our listeners and want to make sure I got that out. Absolutely. No, I, I love that so much. I, I wanted to end with a quick quote just, uh, for the base of today. We actually haven't brought it up this whole stream and this whole discussion, uh, quite of yet. Probably good because I don't want to get over emotional, but we happen to be recording this, uh, on the two year anniversary of, uh, the loss of, uh, Gigi and Kobe Bryant and the Altabelli and, uh, Chester families and everyone involved with, um, you know, everyone we lost that day and everyone affected by that event. Obviously, it's always it's going to be a weird somber day. It almost feels like the anniversary of almost losing a family member for a lot of people who love the game of basketball. I know it's been a tough go. You've heard enough about what it means to Jason and I being Southern California natives and whatnot. And I just wanted to say this. We're in <laughs> month whatever of a pandemic, right? Everything is going nuts. Um, I just wanted to quote Kobe Bryant. When he uh, said in 2008, have a good time. Life is too short to get bogged down and discouraged. You have to keep moving. You have to keep going. Put one foot in front of the other. Smile and just keep on rolling. And that, I guess, is my positivity message today is to say, um, our, the you know, just like Jason said, you know, we've received a bevy of support as a program. Uh, we've really had a great time this offseason, and it's not without the support and encouragement we've gotten from listeners and other members of the community that have meant a lot to us and to give that back we want to say whatever it is you're dealing with whatever it is you're going through whatever it is you're trying to accomplish um if if the mama mentality means anything to you continue to keep going keep rolling keep celebrating uh we, we always love to hear what it is that you're accomplishing in your own little world it doesn't matter what it is and i just thought i'd leave a little note of positivity on uh what's often a i think what's going to be a somber day for years to come but um that to cap off a hour and a half long discussion about apples is interesting. Um, but uh, we want to thank you so much for, for being here and being a part of the show. Uh, next couple weeks are going to be really interesting because everything that Jason said, we were closing in on March. Uh, we've got an Olympics yes. <laughs> right around the corner. Hockey. That, uh, we're probably going to be talking about for goodness sake. 
yeah, we've got some we've got some hoppy hockey to chat out. We've got I mean all kinds of stuff that we're going to be playing around with. So uh, this should be a fun couple weeks in terms of of all things women's sports, and we're excited to have you along the way for all of it. But until all of that, thanks again for listening to this episode of WNBA Nation. I'm Steve Schwartzman. I'm Jason Snow, and we got you next time. <laughs>